this episode. Between the 1930s to the 1950s, infant mortality in the United States improved dramatically. But one thing that did not improve at all was infant mortality in the first 24 hours after birth. The question was, how would you make a systematic assessment? Virginia Apgar went, well, oh, that's easy. And she just jotted down five variables, heart rate, uh, respiration, reflex, muscle tone and colour. Any delivery room across the world could use this. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan, And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. Now, Mark, and I believe we've got some, some little logistics to... Uh, uh, yeah, some housekeeping. Housekeeping, yep. that's a good housekeeping, thing. Housekeeping, yeah, yep. always a good thing. And quick one, a reminder that uh, our very first public workshops of the Story Powered Leadership Program ah. are taking place if you're in... Uh, Asia Pacific or Europe, um, the 10th of, of October is the date for you that the program starts. And uh, in uh, Amer in the Americas, the 17th of October um, for, for, that, uh, for that hemisphere. And it's all delivered virtually for two-hour sessions. And if you're interested, uh, our website, anecdote.com forward slash events, take you to all the details. So if you want to experience the Story Powered Leadership Program, it's a great way to do it. Excellent. Excellent. Um, now, I believe, if I remember correctly, it's your, your go for a story. What have you got for us, Mark? My turn. My turn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, this is a story is about how, how valuable it can be when you ask a good question. Right. So... Between the 1930s to the 1950s, infant, infant mortality in the United States improved dramatically. But one thing that did not improve at all was infant mortality in the first 24 hours after birth. Right. Right. So the same number of infants were dying in that first uh, 24 hours. Now, obstetricians had always known that uh, if an infant's not breathing properly within the first few minutes, it's at a high risk of uh, brain damage or death. And for, well, for all time, obstetricians and midwives, they use their clinical judgment when they're trying to figure out, you know, is this kid in trouble or is it healthy? But a lot of, a lot of, a lot of times the danger signs were missed and, and, and infants, uh, infants died, right? Not a good thing. Yeah. And then in 1953, a lady called Virginia Apgar um, was sitting at breakfast. Now, uh, she was a uh, an obstetrician. In fact, she was an obstetric anesthesiologist in a New York hospital. Right, right. And for years, she'd been looking at this issue of reducing infant mortality. So it was something that she'd made a particular study uh, of how to distinguish healthy newborns from ones that are in trouble. This morning, she's at breakfast in the hospital and one of the resident doctors asked her a really good question. So how would you, and the, the question was, how would you make a systematic assessment of a newborn child? And 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 Virginia, Virginia Apgar went, oh, that's easy. And she just jotted down five variables, just grabbed a napkin, jotted down five variables, heart rate, uh, respiration, reflex, muscle tone and color. And she said, so there's the five variables. Um, if it's not good, it's a zero. If it's okay, she get a one. 
And uh, if it's really good, you get a two, right? So you just add up the scores. And if it's eight or more, you've got a healthy pink, you know, active yeah. infant. Yep. No good. Seven or less, and you've got a problem. And so if it's seven or less, you need to redo the test. Um, you know, if it's significantly lower, it's straight into, you know, whatever you do, humidity cribs or whatever. And she was sitting there at breakfast and she realized that she just made this breakthrough, that she knew all this stuff, but she'd never actually systematized it. And so she wrote it down and she realized that any delivery room across the world could use this. Yeah. And lo and behold, they do, right? To this day, every delivery, every delivery room pretty much anywhere on the planet uses the APGAR test to assess the newborns. And so it's still used today. Um, and in 1994, I think it was, right. uh, the US Postal Service um, minted a new set of stamps in the Great American series. And Kath, uh, Virginia Apgar was on the 20 cent stamp, recognized for the significant contribution that she made in reducing infant mortality. Wow. Not just in the US, but across the world. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, the um, how a simple thing, you know, a relatively simple thing. I mean, it took all that experience that she had to be able to formulate those four or five factors, right? But she knew them. As soon as she was asked the question, it was like, oh, yeah, of course, here they are. So interesting, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. And the thing was, she knew them. She just hadn't kind of thought about what's the systematic way you would go about it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a nice, you know, straightforward story, isn't it? You know, we're doing well, but not so well in these this particular area. And then someone comes on and fixes the problem. It's like a, it's almost like a little U shape of a story. You know, things were yeah. good, but not so good. But then Virginia made them better again, right? Uh, I think people like that type of story. Um, yeah. And of course, any story about, Babies, particularly, we're drawn to. You know, there's good evolutionary reason for it. So, um, um, so that again makes for a good story, right? Yeah, like we're we're laser focused on those sort of issues. And yeah, any kids in trouble, we you know we're we're drawn yeah. to, right? We want to know what happened. We want to make sure they're okay. Um, now, when you're reading that, when you're telling that story. Uh, what did you like telling about it? Like, what was the the bits that you enjoy? Well, look, I, just the simplicity of she's sitting at breakfast, and the the resident asks her a question about how do you system, how would you make a systematic assessment? I, I can just picture that the thing yeah. I like is that that's the that's the thing that you can picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was trying to get a picture in my head of Virginia. I mean, I guess she's mid career. Um, yeah, I think I said that she was 44. I didn't describe it. She was kind of a very professional looking, you know, oh, maybe matronly. Um, right. Mm -hmm. Very, yeah. you know, like. Um, no nonsense sort of woman. No, not, yeah, no nonsense. Scientific, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Fantastic. I do want, you know, I hear something like that and I think that's amazing. I, the, one of the questions I really roll around in my head is like, how did then they get that change implemented to say that is it was it so simple and so obvious that everyone just went oh duh let's do it <laughs> or or was there a battle you know oh a battle of systems or whatever it might have been yeah anyway that'd be an interesting thing to dig into and find out about eh? it, it, it would be 
Um, I, I don't know the answer. I, I really hope it was as simple as people just going, wow, that's so useful. Let's yeah, do let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Well, it's so useful and it's so easy. Let's do mm. it. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed that was what it was, but it probably wasn't that easy. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, Atul Gawande's book on the checklist manifesto, right? Just the simplicity of checklists to get things done on a regular basis you know just to keep reminding you to look at certain things and yeah know, just to and how do you get it right every time and i was just listening actually to a story about um uh, the forgery that was created of a vermeer painting you know so that you know that beautiful painting uh, the um, the girl with the pearl earring you know the painter who did that well part of the reason why it was not that painting but another vermeer painting was was got through years and years of people thinking it was of a mere painting. In fact, it was a forgery is because they got emotionally caught up in it. Whereas if they had a checklist, if they just sort of said, okay, has it got this? Is it sort of does it sit here? Is the painting right? Is the age right? Is the, you know, tick, tick, tick. Uh, maybe they wouldn't have had that sort of problem. It's sort of that sort of stuff. It's trying to draw that emotion away from, you know, being in front of that little baby, newborn baby and going through the steps. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I remember years ago, I was having a, I was running a leadership program and I was talking about the role of emotion in decision making. And um, the senior executive goes, Well, Mark, that's a lot of BS because we just, we, we just use a check. You know, if we're recruiting somebody, we've got criteria and we assess them against the criteria. And I'm like, Yeah, do you know why you have the criteria? <laughs> to remove yeah. or partially At remove least... the emotion. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the emotion will always be there, right? But you're trying yeah. to control it in some way. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. no, a good one. One of the things I, I didn't say in the telling of that story that I thought is particularly oh, no, <laughs> valuable is that uh, medical students to this day are taught to remember the five things using APGAR's name as a mnemonic. Really? Yep. Yep. So, so they they have to re, uh, memorize the signs um, using uh, so A is for appearance, uh, P is for pulse, G is for grimace, A is for activity, and R is for re uh, respiration. So it's a good way to get your name immortalized. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of uh, medical students will never forget her. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. Um, are there things? I mean, the only thing I'd suggest is you know to make it a small tweak it would be to adding a little bit of the visuals of of what she looked like and we talked about it after the story but i think that's mm. useful just to i know again going back to mountain glad gladwell he's very good at you know making sure he gives a little visual in his storytelling i think it helps a lot um and but just picking just those few words that you know encapsulated i think is um so important yeah. Yeah, um, and of course, in terms of making that story even better, uh, if what one of the questions is like, how much did it improve? How much right. did informant tell the improve? You know, and so having the data, yep, um, which I, I yeah, yeah, which I didn't have, and but if I did, I would have, I would have added it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think maybe we should talk about how you might apply this in in uh, in business. Right. Well, I mean, you, you, you kicked, heard you, it. You heard I it, heard so. it. Well, you know, the the one that I just struck me was how a small thing can make such a difference, a big difference, a massive difference. Yep. I think that 
was the standout for me. And if anyone was going to, um, you know, argue the case by telling that story, I think you would certainly have pretty good evidence, wouldn't you? Yep, absolutely. I like that. And it, it triggers for me uh, if you, a business point around insight and that uh, Apgar knew all this stuff. Yeah. But the insight that she, that she had it all didn't come until she was asked that question. I, I'm going to make a prediction. I don't know anything about Apgar, really. But I bet she was a highly respected, very connected, perhaps even wielded some amount of power in her area. Because, like, to have that insight is one thing, but then to have it taken up is another big thing, isn't it? Uh, ah, okay, let's, so I'm let's, just, let's it'd explore be that. It'd be interesting to sort of see what she was like and what standing yep. she had in her community. I, I okay, well, it was high. She was a professor at uh, Columbia University. Right. She headed up the hospital's division of something or other. So, yep. so she people was, highly yeah. regarded. Right. Yep. yep. And see, this the reason I, I, I said that was I was thinking of the Paul Revere story, right? You know, there were two riders. We don't even know the name of the second rider. I do. You do. Okay. William Dawes. William yep. Dawes. Yeah, William Dawes. That's right. Uh, but, you know, generally speaking, people have never heard of him um, because he wasn't as connected as uh, Paul Revere. That's right. And because he was well connected, when Revere said that the British had come, everyone went, grab your guns. Whereas yep. when William Dawes said it, they went, who are you? Are you Are you sure? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, so the fact that Apgar you know, was a professor, you know, head of a a, a school, uh, head of a division. Yep. Yeah. People probably listened to her, and that that would have helped. Yeah. No doubt. And she would have done publications and things like that, which you know help yeah. as well. That's good. Fantastic. That's a different any, story. Any, any <laughs> other um, uh, business points you would draw from it? Uh, I guess the one I started with, which is uh, the importance of asking good questions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, I think they're two good ones. You know, yep. we can stop there. Yep. Okay. We're going to give it a score. Yep. What's it out of? What are we scoring We're giving out of? a score out of 10. 10. Okay. For some reason, I was. You've only done this two hundred times, Sean. <laughs> I was just thinking, is this a score out of five? I mean, scoring movies out of five, you know. And uh, no, no, I, this is this is a really good story. This is a. I'm going to give this a nine. This Whoa. is a, a ten story. I think. Whoa. This is a story I can tell. I I make that point about small things making a big difference all the time. To have a nice story like that and i know um i've heard that you know like if you mention apgar to you know any women who have had babies they all sort of go oh yes of course apgar they know well that's all right i said it to i said it to michelle and she right. said apgar test and yeah, I, right. I went how do you know that yeah <laughs> yeah, goes, yeah 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 you're yeah. a bloke <laughs> yeah exactly so i think you know it's got relevance and connection as a as an idea right yeah. so that's a good one Whoa! What are you going to nine out of ten? Yeah, yeah. I mine's a solid eight. Solid eight, fantastic. Yeah, yeah beautiful.
Actually, just before we finish, uh, one of the things talking about simplicity and you know simple ideas and things like that. I had a um, phone call from a customer uh, yesterday, and he was sort of saying that you know he's doing his stories and he's doing press interviews and and presentations internally in his organisation. This is the guy in New York who's. Yeah, well, he's not in New York. He's in Austin, Texas, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and he was saying that um, now you know the patterns and all that sort of stuff are, are good. He said, but you know what? I, what's the simplest way to put this so it really sticks in my mind, Sean? I need something super simple. And I said, mate, this is all you need to do: make a point, share an example. Right? That's it. That's all you have. That's what storytelling is. Gee, you know what? Small things make a big difference. Actually, you know, in the, you know, in the, between the 30s and the 50s, you wouldn't believe this, but between the 30s and the 50s, you know, mortalities were dropping. Child mortality was really getting much better, right? Dot dot dot. Yeah. Right. You tell the story, and uh, I think just knowing that, you don't have to worry so much about structures and, you know. Certainly not heroes' journeys with 22 steps or anything like that, but even small structures, you know, like even when we were talking about that story, I sort of mentioned it started high, went low, went high again. You know, it's a very basic structure. I mean, you don't even have to think about that so much. You just have to give an example. Yeah, uh, that's it. And and they don't have to be epics. Don't have to be epics. It can be about walking to work this morning. Yeah, that's um, right. As long as it has a point, and that's the thing I... Mm. Uh, also, yesterday, I was chatting to a whole bunch of engineers, some young, um, high potentials in this big engineering firm. And one fellow sort of said, but how do I know? I, I'm a bit worried that my story is not going to be interesting, right? And he's kind of thinking about his own personal stories. And I said, well, you know, you don't have to tell a personal story. You can tell a story about Apgar, right? And I, whatever the topic is, there's millions of them. Um but if you do have a personal story, which are great, by the way, great for building rapport, have a point. You're going to have a point. You don't just shoot out in a business setting. You're not shooting out stories for the fun of it. Um, it's, you know, you're trying to make a connection, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I think simplicity is, a, is the main message. Right. And, and, and the message that you that you're responded to was have a point and use an example to make yeah. the point. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. a point. You have an example, and I, I love it. Really simple. Yeah. A, a, a few years ago, somebody said to me that they've been struggling, and what tr what when the penny dropped for them? They said the penny dropped when I realised that when you talk about stories and examples, all we're talking about here is an event. And when I got in my head that I'll just talk about events, it just made things so much easier. Yeah. yeah. So another, I mean. It's a good way of putting it because yeah. an example is an abstraction in a way, right? Where, but if you say event, and in fact, I go a little bit further sometimes, I'll say, I'll just say to him, you know, give an example, you know, this happened, then that happened, then this happened. That's what you're after. Something happened, right? Which is, of course, an event, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, guys, I hope you have fun out there uh, putting these stories into practice. Let us know. We'd love to always hear um, how you go um, telling the stories. We do hear from people from all over the world sh sharing with us, you know, how they've applied these stories, and it's fascinating. Um, but, yeah, drop us a line. We'd love to hear it.
So thanks again for listening in to Anecdotally Speaking. And of course, tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.